I want to recount an amazing story, both thematically as well as historically. But first, two bits of information as background. I live in Gush Etzion, and Mir Hashem, we have returned our population to this land that has figured so prominently throughout Jewish history, the land of our Avos, the land which has been settled four times, hopefully the fourth and final time. Several attempts in the early part of the 20th century, the first attempt in 1927 to settle Gush Actually, the settlement was first called Migdal Eder. I happen to live on a street called Migdal Eder, in memory of that first settlement. In 1927, primarily Yemenite Jews came, but they were forced out during the Arab riots of 1929. They were evacuated to the Russian monastery, to the Arab village, and then to Yushalayim by, by British police. A second attempt was made in 1934 through the kibbutz of Kfar Etzion, and they had to abandon the land in 36, 37, and 39, a few years after they came, because of continued Arab violence. Keep in mind that Gush Etzion was always surrounded by Arabs. And then in the 40s, third settlement attempt was made, started in 1942 under Karen Kayemet, the Jewish National Fund. Kfar Etzion was refounded, Ein Surim, Masuot Yitzchak, Various different kibbutzim. Of course, the problem was we're still smack in the heart of the Arab territory. And November 29, 1947, the UN partitions Israel into Jewish and Arab states, and Gush Etzion falls into the Arab sector. The Arabs quickly mobilize, create a salvation army in their terms. And between November 29, 1947, and right up until the Declaration of Independence, right up until May 13th, May 14th was the Declaration, right up until May 13th when the final massacre took place. Valiant, valiant efforts to try to defend this territory. Convoys of soldiers and of trucks bringing ammunition and food to what was ultimately a hopeless, hopeless struggle. But Ben-Gurion decided not to evacuate any land which fell in Arab territories, because that would be very, very demoralizing. Valiant, valiant efforts. First, there was a convoy of ten that was ambushed on the way from Yushalayim. Then there was a convoy of 25, January 16th, 1948. Then a convoy in March. Attack after attack, massacre after massacre. Until May 13th, the defenders of Kvaratzion surrendered to the Arab legions. Women and children had already been removed, and then an Arab truck, an armored car, probably belonging to the Arab Legion, drove up and uh, indiscriminately fired on the soldiers, the fathers, the soldiers that were defending Gush Etzion. And Ben Gurion once said, "There was never, it was never a more valiant effort to defend our people and 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 our territory of Yushalayim." in the battle to defend Gush Etzion. Um, Gush Etzion was the southern corridor to Yushalayim. If you controlled that southern corridor, Yushalayim was protected. I quote, I can think of no battle in the annals of the Israeli defense forces, which was a more magnificent, more tragic, or more heroic than the struggle for Gush Etzion, Ben-Gurion said in 48. If there exists a Jewish Jerusalem, our foremost thanks goes to the defenders of Gush Etzion. And the final... 
final surrender took place on the day before Yom Asmar, the day that has become Yom Azikaron, the day that I speak today. I'm speaking on August or on April 25th, which in Israel in 2012 is Yom Azikaron. And after Gush Etzion fell, the orphans of all the defenders of Gush Etzion remained as a group. They scattered throughout the country, but they remained extremely close. The most famous of those orphans was Hanan Parad, Zechron Levracha, who passed away at an early age this past year. And he was instrumental in rallying that group and keeping their identity. Many of them actually were transported to monasteries and other places that they could be cared for without their parents. The only thing they could see during those 19 years between 48 and 67 was the tree, the tree thousands of years old, the alone tree. They could spy it from Yushalayim, and they dreamed of returning, and miraculously, after HaKadosh Baruch Hu returned our homeland to us in 1967 during the Six-Day War, they gathered through many, many different intercessions. Not everyone was in agreement, but finally they were granted 10 days before Rosh Hashanah. They were granted the schos to return to the place that their parents' blood had sanctified, and Davin once again, where their parents had Davin, if they're dreaming, dreaming of returning to their home. The second bit of information is a very well-known Medrash. Medrash is based on a Pasuk in Yirmiya. Medrash says that when the Jewish people were marched out of Yerushalayim, there was chaos in heaven. And all of our Avos and Imhos interceded and intervened and begged and petitioned and demanded an answer from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. How could our children be treated so ruthlessly and so mercilessly? HaKadosh Baruch Hu respectively quieted each and every intercessor, each and every interloker. Avram, quiet, it's my gzera, Yitzchak, hush, these are my decisions, and my people have betrayed me, but there was one person, a Kodesh Baruch who could not quiet, and that was Rachel Emenu. Rachel had been so selfless, and deferring to Leah, so private, such sneus, and she had to be answered, and a Kodesh Baruch who answers her, according to the Medrash, the well-known Pasuk in Yirmiya. Mini kolech mibechi, Rachel mevakal baneha. Rachel cries for her children. Al baneha kienenu. And a Kodesh Baruch Hu responds to her. Rachel min ikolech mevechi. Hold your tears. Kiesh sachar lefulasech mum Hashem. Your efforts will one day be rewarded. V'shavu vanim likvulam. They will return to the homeland, Rachel, where you are buried. Kever Rachel, somewhere in Gush Etzion, some say it's the actual tomb which we call Kever Rachel and Beit Lechem. Others say it's somewhere else in the area. Less well-known, but either way, it's in this area. Kever Rachel Hashem says, your children will return to your home, to their home, to their borders. Don't cry. Have faith. Have patience. So on the day that the orphans of Grisha Tzion returned, in 1967, a few months after the Six-Day War, Ten days before Rosh Hashanah, to daven in the place where their parents had davened. They returned, and they traveled through Yushalayim, on their way to Gush Etzion. Gush Etzion is south of Yushalayim. There was no tunnel road as there is today. So they went through Beis Lachem. Ten days before Rosh Hashanah. This is how their day began. They started their day by visiting Har Herzl, the Herzl Cemetery. And by the kevers of their fallen parents and the soldiers who had valiantly defended them, they read a parak of Tehillim. And Dov Kinal, one of the 
returnees announced as follows, and I paraphrase. I'm translating from the Hebrew book. If anyone wants to find the Hebrew book, it's a Hebrew book written by Amia Liblich. It's called Yaldei Kvaratzion, the children, the orphans of Kvaratzion. So Dov Kinol announced, We've come here to announce and to inform you, he told these graves, our dear, dear defenders of Kvaratzion, that we are returning to renew the Jewish settlement in the place that you were massacred. And then they traveled from Har Herzl through Beit Lechem, and they stopped at Kever Rachel. Someone else opened the Tanakh, and he read with the melody of the Haftarah. And that niggin he read, the Prakim, the Psukim from Yermia, a voice was heard, the high mountains, Nehibichi Tamurim, sad, baleful, mournful cry. Rachel cries for her children. He read those Psukim. And then when he got, when the reader got to the Psukim, Min Hold back your tears, hold back your voice from tears and your eyes from tears. There will one day be a reward for your efforts. There will be hope in the end of days. Your children will return to their boundaries, to their homeland. So he read those psukim on their way to return. They all felt a chill go up their spine. They all felt, and I'm reading and paraphrasing from Hanan Parat Zechorna Levracha's first-hand report, we felt as if these psukim were written for us in the here and now. It was an existential experience, as if now and here we were fulfilling and actualizing this prophetic vision, and as if now and here we were wiping the tears from Rachel's eyes, and we were assuring her, Ima, don't cry. We're coming home. Ima, don't cry. We're coming home. Mir Hashem, we should be Zoha to come home to all of our land and with all of our people.